Good day and welcome to Coffee Cast, podcasts that are designed to help you achieve academic success. Brought to you by Coffee FM, a division of the University of the Free State Student Affairs, in partnership with the Centre for Teaching and Learning. And today, helping us out for student counselling and development, Marley Mayer. And today we're going to talk about anxiety. Now, what is anxiety? Well, Gerben, that's a very good question because um, we see so many students and, you know, actually just people in general suffering and, you know, struggling with anxiety. So it's one of the most prevalent, you know, emotional difficulties that people experience. So basically what it is, and I think everyone, you know, would agree with me, is that it's, it's, a, it's an uncomfortable emotional experience, internal experience. Um, and actually, anxiety is a normal feeling. Um, it gets your attention when there's a threat to your well-being. So um, certainly it's hard to ignore a pounding heart or a shaky or shaking knees or even sweaty palms. Um, anxiety also activates your body so you'll have that energy you need to take care of yourself when there is danger, whether it's you know actual danger or maybe perceived danger. Um, so, for instance, for, as an example, anxiety is that racing heart that someone feels when he or she is maybe about to give a speech um, or write a test or an exam. Um, it can maybe be that, you know, fearful th- or those fearful thoughts that someone feels um, when they think about maybe losing a loved one. And it can also be that, you know, those tense shoulders a student experiences a few days before a big test or exam is coming up. If we, if we look at anxiety and we want to deconstruct it, there's two components to it. The first one is there's a body of anxiety, as I'd like to call it. Um, and then there's also the mind of anxiety. So if you're anxious, you usually feel it in your body. You'll maybe feel a racing heart, tense muscles, sweating, dry mouth, etc., etc., Or even, you know, feeling on edge or shaking. Um, so different people will experience different signals in their bodies. Um, but just everything seems to go faster, your heartbeat, your breathing, and everything just feels tighter. For example, your, your muscles and a clenched jaw that you might experience. Um, and then if we look at the mind of anxiety, there's a cognitive component to it as well. Um, and this is the, those racing thoughts that you're experiencing. It can feel like a tornado that's spinning around in your head almost. Um, your thoughts race very fast and furious, and it seems as if there's no way to stop them. And it's for this reason, when you're feeling anxious, you may have difficulty concentrating or even sleeping. So a common characteristic, and I think everyone would have experienced this before, is when you are anxious, you have these what-if thoughts or what-if thinking. What if I can't do this? What if I fail? What if no one likes me? What if I make a fool of myself? You know, those type of what if thoughts. And you know what? The common thread of these thoughts is that it's future focused. That's, the, that's actually the hallmark of anxiety. You know, um, worrying thoughts that are focused on the future and all of the possible, possible things or possibilities that could go wrong there in the future, in that land, that faraway land of the future. Um, and then this fearful thinking is also coupled with the belief that if things do go wrong in the future, you might not be able to handle it and you wouldn't be able to cope. So that's, the, that's basically the two components. There's a physiological experience, a body experience, and then also a cognitive component, which is these fearful thoughts coupled with 
I don't know if I'll be able to handle it. Uh, no, what what is the difference between normal happens. and I would presume abnormal anxiety? Um, Kharban, that's also a very good question. Just before I you know, answer this question, I think it's very important to reiterate or to just state that it's, it's, it's normal to feel anxious. All human beings feel the emotion of anxiety. It's what makes us human, right? Um, but then, obviously, when anxiety becomes excessive in nature and it, you know, impedes and, or hampers your functioning, your daily functioning, and, you know, it's got a devastating effect on your well-being, then we, there's, there's a red light. Then there could be a problem. Then anxiety could be abnormal. So there's three... Um, you know, factors that we look at in order to distinct, distinguish between abnormal and, and normal anxiety, and that is the duration. So obviously there's going to be times when you feel anxious, especially before tests and exams or, you know, completing important assignments, but then it goes away, you know, it's not there to stay, it doesn't overstay its welcome. Um, so that's the first thing that that could maybe be a red light. Then also, the intensity of anxiety is also a, a feature that we need to look at. So if anxiety is very extreme and intense, and as I said, it debilitates your ability or it impedes on your ability to function, to go to class, to write your exam or test, to, you know, to, or maybe um, even get up in the morning and get dressed and do what you need to do, then we know this is leaning towards excessive abnormal anxiety. And then the third component is the nature, the nature of anxiety. Um, I think it's important to look at what you're worrying, what you're worrying about. Um, in clinical anxiety, or the abnormal anxiety we talked about, your level of worry greatly then exceeds any real threat. Um, to your well-being. And in some cases, you may even worry excessively about specific things like getting sick or your weight or your safety even. Um, in most cases, though, your anxiety doesn't diminish with your efforts to relax or rest. So even though you try to relax yourself, you, you cannot, you know, decrease your level, yeah, your, your anxiety levels. Um, so I think that's, that's basically it. But that being said, um, anxiety as an emotion is of often a normal reaction to certain situations, and it even serves a useful purpose. If we think about being a student and what it means and how you get you know, to be a successful student, you need to plan, you need to organize yourself, you need to time manage in order to get your studies done and, and, and you know, to function effectively as a student. Um, and, you know, mild mild forms of anxiety actually propels you to do those things, to actually plan and sit down and, you know, it motivates you to achieve your goals and actually, you know, get your degree or pass your exams or whatever the case may be. So therefore, I think it's important to say um, that it's neither necessary nor beneficial to attempt to get rid of your, all of your anxiety. Um, I think it's sometimes beneficial to just accept I've got the anxiety and I can use it to my benefit, to propel me in my, into Mandy, my what can I do before, during, and after an exam in order to lessen my anxiety? 
Um, Gerben, there's definitely a few things you can do. I think I'm just going to highlight a few. Um, I think before the exam, it's very important to plan properly. Um, planning will help prevent poor performance. So you obviously have to look at how, how many subjects am I writing or modules am I writing? How, many, how much time do, have I got you know, allocated for each module, etc., etc. And to actually um, put up a schedule and plan a schedule and maybe even get a study buddy to, to, to keep you uh, accountable in order to achieve your goals. And then secondly, I think it's important to know what to expect from your exams, you know. Um, look at old exam papers. Um, look at the types of questions they usually ask. Um, how many marks are allocated? How many questions there are? Look at the format of old exam papers. And also then look at what the lecturer highlighted in classes and make sure that you study what they said. Um, and then I think importantly in the times we're in, writing online exams. You know, technology sometimes fails us, even though it's great. So I think it's important to go and, and really make sure beforehand, before you write, that um, that you 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 know um, you check your internet connection, you check that your computer is working properly, that um, you familiarise yourself with the online site where you're going to write, and then you know how the format looks, etc. So um, online writing can be challenging, but you can really make sure that you familiarize yourself with how it works. And then it's also important to study smarter, you know, and avoid cramming. Um, it's important to know yourself. When do you function optimally during the day? When are you most productive? And to then use that to your benefit, you know. Um, and to then, I always say to, to students that I work with, it's important to not, you know, cram the night before. That's detrimental to, to you know, good performance. I think it's better to study in shorter periods of time, like say 45 minutes, really focus for 45 minutes, take a 10 to 15 minute break and then start again until you've, you know, reached your goal for that specific day of studying. Then, Gerben, I think it's also important to challenge negative thinking. We tend to really be very harsh on ourselves. You know, what if I don't make it? What if, you know, I won't be able to remember the work, whatever. So I think it's, it's very important to look at the facts, look for evidence that contradicts your negative thinking. So basically employing, you know, logical thinking. And one of our psychologists at Student Counseling and Development wrote a very, very um, informative article on test and exam anxiety. And she also included a worksheet that you can go through and, you know, you check your negative self-talk and challenge that appropriately. So it's worthwhile to go and check that out as well. And then we also want you to visualize yourself succeeding. So this is where you have to really use your imagination to get things going. And there's also a very nice link on that um, article written by Student Counseling Development. So please go and check that out underneath Wellbeing Warriors, the exam and test anxiety one. And then, of course, it's important to reward yourself daily. Before, before the exam as you're studying to really, you know, small rewards such as just taking a break and sitting outside, even to bigger rewards, watching a movie tonight because I've, I've, you know, I've persevered throughout the day and I did what I had to do. And then lastly, before the exam, it's very important to, to really find a balance. Um, obviously, your studies is your priority, 
your academics is your priority. But you have to make time for yourself as well, for your emotional well-being. So self-care is important. Getting sufficient sleep. Um, good eating, healthy eating habits is important and even exercising. So finding that balance between studying and actually also looking after yourself properly. Then we get to during the exam, in that moment when you have to write. Obviously, first things first, you have to you know, be on time. Do not be late. So show up on time at the venue or online, wherever it might be, and then make sure you do not discuss the paper or the work with your um, colleagues beforehand. Um, that would just increase your anxiety and, you know, hamper performance. So rather listen to your favorite song or when you do interact with students or your friends, just keep the conversation light in order to not increase or elevate your anxiety levels. So I think importantly, and this is the last one for during the exam, is to ground yourself in the here and the now. Um, and we, we do that by using our senses. So we usually look for five things we can see, four things we can hear, three things we can feel, um, two things we can maybe taste, and one thing we can, you know, smell, for example. And that grounds us in the here and the now. And then usually we're, we're able again to focus and continue with our exam paper. So that's the grounding technique we teach students. And then obviously after the exam, don't ruminate, don't focus on what you've done wrong or what you answered wrong. Rather reflect on what, you, what you've done right and look at things to improve on in future rather. So it's reflection rather than rumination. And then obviously go and relax for a while. You need it, you know. Reward yourself with something. Um, you need to de-stress. And you need to regain sustenance so that you can move forward and approach your next exam paper. So, Marley, we always hear, you know, just breathe. Does that really help for anxiety? Gerben, yes, definitely. Breathing is such a powerful tool you have at your, dispos at your disposal. Um, many people think it's silly. Many people think, why even do it? I mean, what's the rationale behind it? And I think it's important to quickly explain how it works so that you can really use it to your advantage to combat anxiety. So basically, we have a fight-flight response internally, right? It's, it's our sympathetic nervous system, we call it, right? So when we perceive a threat, or there's an actual threat, um, for that matter, um, our sympathetic nervous system kicks in. It releases chemicals in our body that, you know, speeds up our heart rate, accelerates blood pressure, um, you know, shallow breathing occurs. It basically prepares us to fight or to, f to flee the danger, okay? And with anxiety, most of the time, it's a psychological perceived threat, right? It's it's not always a real actual danger. So, for example, thinking, oh, what if I fail my ex you know, exam? It's going to threaten my student life. What am I going to do then with my life, etc., etc. So then our sympathetic nervous system kicks in and we, we experience all these physiological symptoms and even cognitive symptoms that I've said previously. What breathing does then, it, 
you know, deactivates the sympathetic nervous system. What breathing does, it activates our parasympathetic nervous system in internally, which then releases a chemical in our body, and we call it acetylcholine, it's a chemical, and that actually allows us to breathe, or the slower breathing allows oxygen to flow more freely to vital organs, slows our heart rate, um, lowers our blood pressure, it just actually makes us calmer. So we have that, you know, ability to log out of our anxiety state and actually enter a state of calmness. And it's actually profound. So we have that ability. We're not helping. If we need more information, where can we go? Gerben, um, I think first off, you have to go and look at our uh, Wellness Warrior, Warriors campaign um, on the UFS website, and it's been emailed to the students to go and read through those articles. This specific article that I referenced um, in my talk just now is called Test and Exam Anxiety. And there's a lot of resources in there and links you can go and look at, breathing techniques, visualization links, etc. So that's a very good you know, article to go and look for. And then also our student toolkit, which is also online on our website, um, which has got you know, great information and resources as well. And then obviously, if you find that your anxiety is excessive and you cannot function anymore, um, you're more than welcome to make a, an appointment with us at Student Counseling and Development. Um, you'll find our details on our website, on the UFS website. Um, you can either email us or just, uh, you know, phone This us was a Kofsi Cast, podcast that are designed to help you achieve academic success, brought to you by Kofsi FM, a division of the University of the Free State Student Affairs in partnership with the Center for Teaching and Learning.